Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with everything from their little babies to their toddlers to siblings, twins, multiples, you name it. She has helped most people with all kinds of questions. Um, most of the questions we do get is about are about sleep. Yep. We're happy to get questions about sleep because it's a big topic it's for everyone. Um, but any kind of question. It could be yep. about food, feeding, uh, settling, all those sorts of things. The way to ask Chris your question is you can, um, if you're watching us live via Facebook, you can put your comments below the video or you can call us on 1-800-543-772. If you're listening to us via the podcast, the best way is to send your question to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And I should remind you that... This is the second last show before Chris jets off on a month's holiday, which is very well deserved. She doesn't do it often, (laughs) but that does mean you've got the next two weeks to get your questions in uh, before she's gone for a month. She will be back, but um, as a parent, I know how... (laughs) stressful that can sound because you're like, who's going to help me in that time? Um, And I'll give you some information at the end of this helpline about what we're going to do. We are not replacing Chris um, with a mothercraft expert. We're actually going to try something new. We're going to do relationships, but more on that later. The point is now. Get your questions in now while you still can. Um, The first question comes from uh, a Facebook Live from last week. Renee um, has a child two years and five months, and she needs some advice for a toddler to sleep at night. She only sleeps for a couple of hours at night, and she wakes up every hour to every two hours. She doesn't sleep in the day. I've tried to put her down for a nap. It ends up with her hurting herself. She's two and five months, and she goes to preschool two times a week. Most times she doesn't sleep at preschool. Oh, okay. Young not to have a day sleep. No, that's probably the earliest two and a half, and that's just on the earliest. But I think she's also getting herself overtired because she's not sleeping well at night. And so this is a really difficult one because normally we'd just say let's shorten the day sleep, and that would increase her her um, sleeping ability at night. But in this case. We need to know what she might be doing when she wakes up. Does she need reassurance from you? Uh, Is she asking for a drink of water? There's this sort of long list of things we can do. But for those woke-ups, if she's calling out to you, um, then I'd let her call out a little bit. And then I'd just go to the door and say, put your head down. And if she puts her head down, then go over and give her a pat and just say, it's time for sleep, a little bit of reassurance, and then out of that room. And then you might have to repeat this a few times. So the little bit of missing information here is what actually happens when she wakes up. Does she end up in your bed? So either way, you're going to try and get her back into her bed or, yes, I'm assuming she's in a bed, but back into her bed and going up and telling her, put your head down now, it's time for sleep, give her a few pats and then do the reassurance and then try and get out of the room again. So if she's in a cot still, um, I'd still do the same thing. But when she puts her head down, I'll go up and give her a little bit of a pat and then walk out and then leave her for a little bit longer than you did the first time. So if you've left her for a minute or two, the next time, leave her for two to three minutes, just increasing the time to give her more ability to go back to sleep again. Okay. Good luck with that, Renee. This question comes from Carolyn. It was from an email. 
I desperately need help with my six and a half month old son who doesn't know how to self-settle. I put him down for sleep from any time between 6.30 and 7.30, depending on how the day pans out. But unfortunately, he wakes up every two and a half to three and a half hours thereafter. When I give him the dummy, he generally falls back to sleep okay. But around 1 to 2 a.m., he cannot be settled. So that's when I give him a bottle. I'm trying to reduce the amount slowly so that I can wean nighttime feeding. I will change his diaper and then put him back to sleep in his cot using the dummy. And then he'll again wake up around... 4am and every hour or so after that. If I'm not too tired, I'll give him his dummy and pat him back to sleep in his cot. But if I'm too exhausted, I will bring him with me to my bed. I've been trying to follow Chris's routine guidelines since he's three months old as per her book and have been fairly successful at at it in terms of schedule. He currently takes three naps and since he turned six months, his daytime naps are all over the shop. He sometimes sleeps one and a half hours for his first nap sometimes 30 to 50 minutes, and then won't go, won't go back to sleep. Yep. When he only sleeps for one cycle, I let him catch up on his nap at the second nap and just go with the flow for his afternoon nap and aim for him to have a 12-hour day. So that means he rarely takes a full two-hour nap in the afternoon. He gets a bottle every three and a half to four hours. Mm-hmm. Started his solids a bit late at six months, so he's only getting one tiny meal a day. Good. I noticed the last few days he's taking smaller bottle feeds as well. He's never been a good sleeper since day one, and admittedly, I've also responded to his nap, sleep, sleep time grizzle crying always too quickly. I'm a single mum living in a one-bedroom unit. I don't foresee sleeping arrangements changing until the end of the year. So I want to help my son learn how to self-settle as sleep deprivation is taking its toll on me. I can imagine. Um And uh, I know I'm very reliant on using the dummy, so I'm lost as to where and how to start teaching him. Okay, so if you've got the basic rhythm of the six-month sort of pattern that we have in the book, which is four milk feeds, two meals, two sleeps and a nap, which is vaguely what he's getting. His his solids are a little bit later, so I'm sure that'll increase over the next few weeks to those two meals in the day. Six-month-olds can still take a bottle at night. Okay, so it's not unreasonable for him to still have a bottle somewhere in that two o'clock window. But by the fact that he's sleeping in your room, it's really easy that any noise and any sound that he makes, you can go to quite quickly because it really disturbs your sleep. So if you've got the basic rhythm and routine, and often I do this technique, even if, you know, there was a couple and they just don't have space for the cot to go to another space, then what I'd get you to do over a weekend is to sleep in the lounge room and give him that space to learn to self-settle and then go back into the bedroom. So once you sort of get that idea um, that you've got everything in place, you increase any solids a little bit, and you know pretty much that it's a little bit about the dummy and a little bit about a few mixed messages. So sometimes he gets a dummy, sometimes he gets a bottle, sometimes I get into bed with mum. Sometimes I sleep in the morning, sometimes I catch that up in the afternoon. If we can bring all the rhythm into the same pattern and then be consistent with the way we settle him, I'm sure this will start to feel like it's getting better. So once we've got all the bottles, feeding, timing, sleep in the day in the right space, then we're going to give him a bottle somewhere overnight. Then when he's unsettled in that first part of the night, say from 6, 7.30 to about 12 o'clock at night, 
If you could sleep in the lounge room and give him the chance to resettle, then I think you'll feel like you're moving forward. So maybe leaving him to cry for a few minutes, then go in. Maybe start with patting him, like laying him down or roll him on his side if his arms are free and there's nothing in the bed. Roll him on his side and patting him. And patting him for a few minutes before you put the dummy in. And then that way you're not immediately having to take the dummy off him and do a much more vigorous self-settling, you're just giving him an idea that things are changing, but we're removing you out of the room so that you don't react to every single sound he makes as quickly. And then you might find that it'll just start to get easier and easier across that period. Okay, Carolyn, good luck with that. I mean, this isn't a question that Carolyn asked, but while you were saying that, I was Mm. wondering if you have any advice for her. She's mentioned she's a single mum. She's already tired before she starts this process. Um, With that, the advice that you just gave her, um, when would you say for Caroline to have sleeps like in the day when he's having one of those sleeps okay so that would be when she can try and get some rest yeah so one of those sleeps in the day if she's not working and it's the weekend because I would try this on the weekend when there's less pressure on you you know you just put your head down whether that's that morning one or the afternoon one Mm. just to catch that little bit more because otherwise you become so overtired you know in your head not to say pick him up and put him in your bed that you don't want that but it's the only thing that so works hard, in the it? end. So it's so difficult when you're in it. Yeah. And sometimes by having someone say, you know, it's okay for you to sleep in the lounge room. And and that just makes a difference. And yes. they go, oh, I didn't even think of that. You don't. To separate yourself yeah. from the baby. Yeah. Um, because you're not going to be able to drag a cot into the lounge room. So I think some sometimes you just need to see the tree in yes. the forest. Yes. I know I never did. <laughs> I never did. The most obvious things eluded me. Yeah, when but I, I think they deprived. do when you're sleep deprived. I yeah. can't. No one can function when they're sleep deprived and be able to go. Oh, that's all I need to do. Yeah, that's yeah. why Chris is here. Yeah. All, all you we sleep all deprived parents, yeah. call, talk to Chris <laughs> while you can. This is the second last time you can do that. Uh, well, for a while, not yeah. forever. Uh, we have another email. This one's from Tara. I have a 14-month-old who's been a frequent night night waker since she was four months old. She wakes anywhere from four to eight times a night and goes straight back to sleep as soon as she gets a breastfeed. We started co-sleeping when she was seven months old as it was too exhausting getting up that many times a night to get her out of her cot and to get her out of her cot in her room. She goes to daycare three days a week and doesn't take any milk during the day. She's happy with just solids. I leave a bottle of cow's milk there, but she usually chugs around. 100 mils of that in the car on the way home. On daycare days, she'll have a breastfeed at 6am and then another one when she gets home around 5pm. Sometimes she will want more than one feed before dinner at 6. On the days when we are home together, she'll breastfeed quite frequently, four to six times a day, less if we are out and about. She eats three meals a day and has always been breastfed on demand, so I just follow her cues. Although I have now started trying to distract her when she pulls on my shirt. At daycare, she sleeps anywhere from one to two hours after lunch and sometimes falls asleep in the car on the way home at 4.30. When we're at home and don't go out, she will do the same routine. However, if we have to drive anywhere, she's almost guaranteed to fall asleep whatever the time. Her bedtime routine is 6 p.m. dinner, 6.30 shower bath, then book and then breastfed to sleep at 7 p.m. She goes down really easily on the boob and resettles instantly on the boob. 
We have tried resettling her in other ways when she wakes in the night, but she just screams and screams until she gets breastfed. Mm. She doesn't respond well to my husband, even though he does everything I do to comfort her except breastfeed. Mm. Seeing a pattern here. Yeah. I'm sure she just feeds for comfort, but I'm not sure how to get her to wean at night. We've tried a dummy and a comforter, but she has not taken to either of them. That's because you're breast is best. She loves it. Um, I've been back at work for eight weeks now and I'm getting so burnt out from not getting more than two hours at a time. That's tough. We've also decided to push back trying for our next child until we are all sleeping better. Oh, that's a good idea. She's otherwise a very happy and healthy little girl and this routine only seems to be bothering me. I'd love some advice on how to gently night wean her and help herself settle at night without the boob. You poor, poor woman. Tara, uh, that's Tara, hard work. it's completely working for her. Yeah, She's is. hoping you haven't written in to us <laughs> because <laughs> there's a very obvious answer to this. And, you know, at 14 months having, she only needs two breast feeds, you know, two milk feeds, so breast or bottle, but one in the morning, one in the afternoon. But she's leading it. And at some point, if you want this to change, you've got to lead this. You know, and that's that fatal parenting moment where they're not a baby anymore and they're a toddler and you actually have to really think about the parenting. There's always that moment where you go, oh, okay, I think we need to turn this around. And I think you're there because you're exhausted and she's incredibly happy. And that's good. She's really happy, but you can't maintain this and work. And I think this is where we can get really mixed messages in our community. Like you can be all things to everything, but something's got to give. So I would maintain your breastfeed in the morning. Um, I would change the evening around. I don't think she's feeding. She's sort of mixing up her milk feeds and her dinner. So if you're generally home by five on her preschool days, I'd be giving her dinner and then her bath and her story and then her feed and put her to bed. Because then I think she will feed better at the end of the night where she seems to be um, snacking from that five o'clock to that seven o'clock window from what you've said here. So I'd make the boundaries a little bit clearer for her during the day. So breastfeed in the morning, then off we go to daycare. And you really have to decide where you'd like to go with this. So do you want more... um, more defined boundaries about her behaviour around breastfeeding because I don't think you have to give up breastfeeding because I can imagine someone reading that saying, just give up breastfeeding and that'll be the answer. But actually, it's sort of working, but you've got to put the boundaries around it. So for two or three days when she goes to daycare, it's like we go, well, you don't need a breastfeed on that day. And then the other days when she's at home, you're saying, but you can have a breastfeed whenever you like. And the confusion with that is, how are we going to tell her at night not to breastfeed? So the only way to do that is to put some boundaries around it. So breastfeed in the morning, breastfeed in the evening. And I would just start by no breastfeeds in the day because that's what happens on her daycare day. So that will give her a lot more consistency, but she might feed better and therefore she might sleep longer before she starts to wake up at night. The second thing is, do you want a bed share? Are you happy to bed share or would you like her back in her cot? So if you're happy to bed share and you'd like to reduce the um, amount of feeding that you do, we would put her nearer to dad. So we would put her on dad like 
you know, push the bed up against the wall, put her there, then dad, then you. So she's got less access to you overnight. And um, so that's what, that's how we start to reduce those when you're bed sharing. So are you still happy to bed share or would you like to get her into a cot? That's the other question you probably need to, to ask yourself. And then, this is really sad, I'd be doing this now, I'd go to bed with a skivvy on. Uh, lucky it's winter yeah that's what I mean I do it sooner rather than later so you need to if you want to stop her feeding at night but happy to do those two breastfeeds in the day you need to put a skivvy on so that when she's clawing at you she cannot get to you in terms of a breastfeed and that you can give her comfort by rocking and holding and soothing her and bed sharing but she's not getting the feed so there's a couple of things to think about in this and if you just take a few minutes and just jot down which order you want them to do it in and you're clear about that message to her then she'll start to get the idea that she can have breastfeeds but they're in set set sort of windows because it's too hard to say well you can have it whenever you like in the day but I don't want you to have it at night that's too confusing for her at the moment yeah and you need sleep yeah you do need sleep we all need sleep I hope that helps yeah I really do Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. The next question comes from our Facebook Live with Caroline. Any tips for three-year-olds starting nursery school in a few weeks? We tried summer camp and he cried every night and morning for three weeks. Oh, this is our friend Caroline from the States. Yes. To comfort himself during the camp, he took a special stone with him that he held on to until mummy came back and he talked about how he's going to play and have fun. And then mummy always comes back. But he was getting so anxious even the night before. We would tell him that he wanted to stay home because he was going to miss me. He would tell. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really anxious about starting school. It's three days a week from 9am to 1pm. He just turned three in July and has never really been away from me, not even with a sitter. Okay. So Caroline, we knew you had a lot of difficulty with the summer camp. So I think with this... If you have the chance to, I would do a very slow grade into his little kindergarten. Um, So he's only three, and this is probably the equivalent to our preschool, but in shorter time. So the first week, for the first week, if you have the opportunity to, I would actually stay with him for the four hours. I'd go to nursery school with him and really get him comfortable with the whole place before I started to withdraw myself. So that first week, you just say, mummy's coming to nursery school, we're going to play together. And what that's doing is probably decreasing his level about anxiety, about leaving you. And then the second week, what I would tell him is I'd go for an hour and then I go with him for an hour, then I'd leave him for an hour and then I'd come back and play for two hours. See, can you see how we're just going to do this really slow transition from mummy being there to mummy not being there. The the third week, stay for an hour, leave him for an hour and a half, back for an hour and a half. Fourth week, 
leaving for an hour, two hours away and so forth and so on till you get to the four hours. And I think you're going to have to judge his level of anxiety because for him, where other kids run in that gate and wave goodbye at the gate as if to say, don't come any closer, mum, for him, he's going to need a lot more. You know, he needs a lot more reassurance. So if you have the chance to do this in really slow little windows, I think you'll get him there and he'll actually enjoy himself. Yeah. And it's completely different because my daughter's much, much older, but she, um, she's in year two now and she didn't want me to leave before the bell Bill. for mm. up until now. So that, that children are like that, but yeah. she's definitely at a point now because she's got her own little crew of friends. Yeah. She gets so excited when she sees them mm. that she's just like, I'm like, can I go? She's like, yeah, where, where are you, mum? I'm off. Yeah. So, um, they can change Caroline. Yeah. It's and hard. I think, and, and, and I think we have to remember that, you know, he's only three. So little. It's so little and we ask lots of them. And he's actually, you know, only going for three or four hours. So it's not long. So we need to give him time and patience to get there so that the anxiety doesn't build much bigger than the actual event. And then it could be so great for them. Oh, absolutely. I think it's brilliant. But he's just going to need more time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, Caroline. Um, This email comes from Vicky. My baby boy is nine and a half, almost 10 months, and I'm not sure how much to feed him. At a doctor's checkup about six weeks ago, he was 10.2 kilograms and 73.3 centimetres long, so he's quite a big boy. I give him three meals and a bottle about half to one hour after food. His bottles or formula are 150 ml at breakfast and 200 ml before bed. He often wakes overnight and I give him a bottle of 150 150 mils. I've always heard that you feed a baby until he, she refuses food and that's how you know they've had enough. I've never reached that point with him no matter how much he eats. He will just keep opening his mouth for another spoonful. I stop feeding if I notice he slows down or if I think he's had enough. If we are out and I feed him from the squishy pouches, he'll easily polish off two times uh, 120 gram pouches, which has shocked fellow mums. I think I feed about one cup of food at breakfast and dinner. I always make sure there's protein in his night meal, as I've heard this aids his sleep. I always spoon feed fork or um, mashed food as well as offer finger food. If I only offer finger food, he'll eat, but not much, and it takes so long for him to eat that he ends up getting sick of the high chair. For example, it took half an hour for him to eat about a third of a piece of French toast and a small piece of cucumber the other day for lunch. Granted, he was only fed, he's only fed himself a couple of times. I'm only laughing, Vicky, because my children did this. Um, I topped him up with yogurt and fruit. I want to encourage him to learn to feed himself, ensure he's getting enough food, but not feed him too much food. Oh, Vicky, you were so overfeeding this baby. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So he, if you use that rule of, like, if you... You know me because it's all common sense. If we use the rule that just feed him until he stops, pretty much we're overfeeding him. Because if I used that rule of feeding until I stopped, I would be very large because there would be a chocolate cake, Chev would be on one side, I'd be on the other (laughs) side, and we would meet somewhere in the middle. We as the adults have to do appropriate amounts of food. So if we literally just feed him 
he'll he'll just he won't be he won't know how to regulate so we're going to help regulate him so he's 14 months old he only needs two milk feeds in the day one in the morning one in the evening so about 150 in the morning and about 200 ish in the evening you're absolutely in the right spot we're going to offer him water with all of his meals um, and we leave for water for him to regulate as well But in terms of food quantity, this can be really difficult and it's very variant. But I would say at a 14-month-old level, I'd probably be offering the equivalent to a wheat bix, just to give you an idea of size, a bit of milk on it, a little bit of fruit in it. So I would say that's about two-thirds of a cup of food. And then I'd let him engage with some either fresh fruit or I might let him engage with some fingers of toast. How much he eats of it is really up to him. Then his next meal would be lunch. And his lunch at 14 months is either one or the other. They're either really good at finger food and it would fill the base of the baby's bowl. So it might be a little sandwich. It might be some meatballs. It might be some sticks of um, veggies. It, it could be a whole little variety of things. But I think in an average baby's bowl, if you covered it with finger food and you just sat there patiently, let him engage in it, I think you would be about right. And for his dinner, it'd probably probably be closer to um, a, a um, cup of food. Um, I like that you're mashing it up and giving it to him. And again, I'd offer him some finger food, but he doesn't need to eat it. His meal should take him about 20 minutes. Anything over 20 minutes, I think he's actually telling you he doesn't want any more food. And that's why he's slowing down and it's making it harder. So I think if you just pull back a little bit, he'll actually engage in the food better. And he'll eat more consistently and start teaching himself to eat. But um, we have uh, interviewed Jen Cohen here, who's the fussy eater doctor. And she sometimes has on her blog and her Instagrams a really good idea about sizes. So, oh, she's got a great one about yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's a really, really good one about sizes. So if you look up Jen Cohen, do, you, do we have that one here? Uh, the fussy eater. Yeah, I'll put the link on the website. Yeah, so she might, that'll give you some really good ideas about sizes. And then I think you'll find that all of his eating will just regulate itself. Excellent. Vicky, I hope that helps. Um, We have time for one last question. This is from our Facebook Live and it's from Raven. My son is about to turn 15 months old. Within the last week, he has started throwing bad tempers, uh, like stiffing his body up, throwing his head back, hitting, kicking and just screaming. It's over everything. His dad is deployed. I don't know if maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. I'm patient with him, but the meltdowns are usually off and on through the, throughout the day. If I put him in his high chair, car seat, say no, or take something away or lay him down for the bed um, for the bed for, for the night, it's World War Three. Any advice? And it's from Raven. Raven, I think they are excessive for his age. Um, certainly when you have a partner that's deployed, there's, there's got to be a little bit of readjustment um, as, as that person comes and goes either way. But that level, um, I don't think that's got to do with the deployment. I think that's got to do, and we haven't got this bit of information, but probably how overtired he might be. So the more overtired they are, the more you're going to see these um, explosions and the less he can be calm when you say take one thing off him and he wants it back again. So I think here the missing bit we have here is maybe when he sleeps in the day, 
And maybe that's a key to the level of what's happening. But simple things to remember is you know that he's at a he's a bit tender at the moment. Good word for it. A um, little bit tender at the moment. So you're going to go in slower with him when you make transitions. So when you change things. So if he's sitting there with your phone, he's managed to get the phone and he's sitting there and you don't want him to have the phone, make sure that you go with something that's interesting so that as you take the phone away, you can distract him with something else. So that that sort of very basic temper tantrum is really good. The pram and the car seat is a really typical one where they plank as you're about to put them in it and you can't work out how to bend them in the middle <laughs> to get them in there. So that one, I usually have a toy on the floor of the car that he doesn't see until you put him in the car seat. So I actually hand it to him before I put him in the car seat so that he's a little bit distracted with it as I put him in the car seat and then, you know, connect him up and hopefully he won't plank in there. Same with the pram. Um, The problem sometimes in the pram is at 15 months, they're sort of on their feet a little bit. They're starting to totter around. And if we have them in the pram for too long, they will lose it. So 15 month old, they're they're probably doing really well if they're in there for 20 minutes. And then you might have to stop and give him a break. That can lead to another tantrum when you put him back in. So be mindful of how long he's been doing something. But I suspect the underlying thing is that somewhere in there, he's not getting the sleep that he's looking for so that when you make these little transitions he's able to cope with them good luck raven nothing like a toddler team oh, i know they're beautiful <laughs> that's all we have time for and help on helpline and this episode of fee play love if you're watching along live via the babyology facebook page thank you so much for all your questions just a reminder because i know how much everyone relies <laughs> on chris um she will be away after next week so if you have questions the time to ask them is next week or you can send us an email so you can send an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au or join us live for her last session before she goes on holiday next week at the same time um, just to let you know that the person who'll be coming on instead of Chris for those four weeks is Kirsty Levin she's a fabulous counsellor with the Parents Village and she is going to be helping you with relationships whether that's with your mother-in-law your husband your friends it all changes after kids we know that and so she'll be here to help navigate that through so that will be after next week so just remember last chance to get an appointment with chris via facebook live or the podcast is next friday um chris thank you so much for your time today. oh it's a pleasure This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. There are many beautiful Australian picture books out there. And on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, we're talking about one called Fly. Sometimes there's just no words in situations, which is why pictures are perfect. So I think picture books do a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to those big themes like loss and and friendship. That's author-illustrator Jess McGeckin. His day job involves drawing pictures at the Melbourne Museum. But now he's written a lovely book about loss and resilience. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. Debbie Ning is our producer and I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. (laughs) 